Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hi friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we are studying Matthew chapter 8. And if you're new to the podcast, you're just joining us. What we're doing is we're walking through an introduction to the Gospels where I am giving some of the history and culture and background of each of the Gospels. And we're doing it one portion of Scripture at a time. So now we're in the book of Matthew. And I wouldn't say we're even doing a chapter a day. We're doing a chunk a day. And as I explain it, and as we are kind of looking at some of the original context and the history and the culture of what the original audience would have heard. I'm helping you to connect that to your daily lives today. So today I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, if you'd like to read it along with us. And it's Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. It says, When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him, and a man with leprosy came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out with his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, there's a lot to unpack here, but there's a couple things culturally that I think sometimes we miss if we don't know what we're looking for. And, you know, there are some people that would say, you know, just read the Bible literally for what it says is what it says. And I and I think, yes, while that's true, we have to recognize that while the Bible was written for us, it was not originally written to us. It was written to an ancient people group that is far removed from what most of us experience in the modern day Western lifestyle. And so it's helpful, I think, to kind of pick into some of these areas and understand what they would have originally heard, knowing that Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience. So it says in verse one that large crowds followed him. And what we've just finished up doing in Matthew's chapter five through seven is we've looked at the Sermon on the Mount. And so we see that Jesus is the Messiah in words. But now we're starting to see that Jesus is the Messiah in deeds. Chapters eight through nine are going to show us the actions of Jesus that declare him as the Messiah. And so at the time, there were other rabbis who were thought to have a power to heal sickness or to do things like pray for rain and then it would rain. But they pale in comparison to the scope of what Jesus is doing. We know from these chapters and the chapters that come that he was doing things like healing leprosy and exorcisms and healing blindness and even death. He you know, prayed for Lazarus to come back to life. And so these consistently are far exceeding any stories that the rabbis are doing. And many of the things that Jesus did also dealt with matters of Jewish law. So, for example, it wasn't legal to touch the unclean or to heal on the Sabbath. And so some of these miracles had definitely a social function, but they also had a theological function where he was making a point to the local religious leaders at the time. In verse two, it says a man with leprosy came and knelt before him. 
You know, I don't know if you're like me, but for me, for many years, I would read about leprosy, but I had no idea what it actually was. I thought maybe it was a disease that had fallen away that we, because we don't ever hear about it anymore. But what we want to talk about with leprosy is how they would have understood it in their culture. So leprosy is a transliteration of a Greek word, lepros. And so in the ancient world, leprosy or lepros was associated with a variety of skin diseases or any kind of suspicious skin disorder. So even things like psoriasis or eczema, all of those things will be lumped into this category of leprosy. And so the Old Testament provided specific guidelines to examine and treat people that had these skin diseases. We read about that in Leviticus chapters 13 and 14, if you want to go back and read those. Now, in that culture, many of these disorders were considered highly contagious. And so there was this line between medical and spiritual impurity, and that line was often blurred. And there was this uncertainty of this diagnosis. Now, all of those with leprosy were required to be examined by the priest who, after he looked at them, he would either pronounce a person clean or unclean. Again, Leviticus chapter 13 explains this. So if they were found to be leprous, that person would then be isolated from the rest of the community and they would be required to wear torn clothes. They would have to cover the lower part of their face and they would have to cry out unclean, unclean if anyone came within a certain distance of them. Now, there were different kinds of leprosy. And that was based on the different kinds of colors that would happen with the skin lesions themselves. And what's interesting is that disease was actually often a nerve problem. It would start in the nerve and then it would cause the person to just lose feeling, completely lose feeling in the extremities of their body. So if it was in their arm, they would lose the use of that body part and it would often lead to injuries there or their leg or, or whatever it was. And so this physical injury, of course, meant they could no longer use that part of the body and then the skin issues would happen. And so these kinds of diseases were really misunderstood in that culture and they were considered contagious, but often they were not. Often they were a dysfunction of the nerves, but even still they had to live in these leper colonies that were outside the walls of the community away from everybody else and the rest of society. The modern conception of leprosy, if we want to talk about what that looks like today, it is typically considered this debilitating illness known as Hansen's disease, and it's caused by a bacteria, and it's very prevalent in low, humid, tropical climates. We sometimes see that in Africa or South America or the Pacific Islands, and it does still exist, but it's nowhere near the issue that they had back in that culture. So when we move on to verse three, there's something interesting that I think is really something I want to point out. It says Jesus touched the man. Now, remember, Matthew's audience was Jewish. They were well aware of the Jewish laws surrounding leprosy. And so when Jesus touched the man, that act itself showed this great compassion because the lepers were considered ceremonially and physically unclean, but without hesitation, we see Jesus respond by touching the man first and then healing him. I think it's significant that Jesus touched the man and then healed him. Because let's be perfectly honest, he could have just used the word. We see him do that other places. He commands them to be healed and they're healed. But instead, Jesus makes a point to touch the man. A man who had likely not had human touch in quite a while. 
And normally touching somebody that was unclean would also make you unclean because Jesus is the miracle worker that doesn't happen to him. Instead, he makes the man clean. And so we see Jesus have this compassion on the man and touch him and heal him. And often when I talk about when we are talking about the scriptures is the difference between something that's prescriptive versus descriptive. Now, when we're talking about the people in the Bible, you know, even if we're talking about King David, as great as he was, he had some critical human flaws. And if we're saying we're going to try to be like David, then we have to recognize that there is parts of his humanity that we don't want to be like. In most of scripture, when we're talking about human beings, I would say most of those things are descriptive and they might reveal the character and the nature of God and how he acts within a situation. But but it's not prescriptive because we don't want to emulate human behavior. We want to emulate God's behavior. But when we talk about Jesus or we talk about God or we talk about the Holy Spirit, that's always prescriptive, meaning the way that Jesus acts is how he's also calling us to act. And so when we see Jesus revealing his character and nature, it's also a call for us to show mercy and compassion and a way to live out the kingdom that we are a part of as believers. And so also the authority that Jesus heals with, he also gives us. And we're going to learn more about that as we continue to go. But understanding that the mercy and the compassion and the healing authority that Jesus had is also something that he calls us to do. And then in verse four, it goes on to say, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest. There's a couple reasons for this. And initially what we see is Jesus adhering to the Jewish Torah. But lepers had to be reexamined by the priest and declared clean. And then they would have had to offer a sacrifice on their behalf. And that sacrifice offered by the cleansed leper was in the category of a certain kind of offering. And that offering was a payment for either purification or being restored back into the community. But I think it goes deeper than that. Beyond just the Jewish Torah adherence, I think also there were some things that were on Jesus's heart and mind. He didn't quite yet want the kind of public attention that it would bring because the miracles he was doing were not as important as the message he was teaching. And he didn't want to raise more opposition from the religious leaders because that could lead to an early death for him before his mission was accomplished. And he wasn't doing this for public recognition. Instead, it said that he healed this man because he was moved with compassion. I think it's important for us to remember that Jesus healing this man cost him something. And we know that the man went ahead and he told everybody and it kind of set in motion a chain of events that that you know, we see unfold throughout the rest of the book of Matthew, the rest of the Gospels. But I think about that in terms of my own life and the fact that Jesus healing me cost him something. It cost him his life on the cross. And so as we reread this passage, I just pray that some of those insights would resonate with you in your heart and your mind as you meditate on God's word. So again, Matthew chapter eight, verses one through four. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him, and a man with leprosy came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you were willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out with his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go, show yourself to the priest, and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. 
Father God, we thank you that you are the healer. As we see Jesus moved with compassion, God, we know that you are still the same God, that that you are moved with compassion even now on us. So God, I pray that you would help us remember how to be people of compassion and people of mercy and even step into the authority and pray for healing for people the way that you've taught us to do. God, I pray for my friends that are listening today. Perhaps there's something that they can take away from this passage, recognizing that there's a cost to healing. It costs you something. So Lord, I pray today for a fresh revelation or a fresh dose of your spirit to be on my friend today, that they would receive whatever it is that they need in Jesus' name. We thank you and praise you in all things. Amen. Okay, friends, we'll talk tomorrow. Hey, friends, as we lean into a new month and we continue to learn and grow together, there's a couple resources I want to make sure you know about so you can take advantage of. The first is our Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And on the Patreon page, we have a couple things. We have a dedicated space that is for discussion, for asking questions. You get easy access to me where we talk about things, we hold each other accountable. There are resources that go with the show, like a journaling prompt worksheet download for every single adult show. We also have family discussion guides. And what's really been neat about those is that on the kids show every day, I talk about the same content that's on the adult show, just taught in a way that kids can understand. Then the family discussion guides create an environment for you to process that information with your children. You can use that at the dinner table or even as part of your devotional routine. There's some suggested prayer and activities and things to help you connect that content to the appropriate age for your children. So all of that is on the Patreon. Also, there's some prophetic words, extra videos, transcripts, all those kinds of things. The second is on our website. If you go to shehears.org, there's a shop resources page that has my Bible studies that I've written, links to different journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, all sorts of resources to help you grow. And then also on our website, we have the coaching section. If you are finding that you need some spiritual direction or life coaching, that is available for you as well. And that's really good to help you process what you're learning. If you're feeling stuck, if you need to work through something, if something just isn't sitting right, or if you want to teach this content and you need to help develop a plan, I'm available to help you do that as well. Again, all of these are resources to help you grow in your spiritual life and hear God's voice more clearly. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going.